Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, today we're in the book of Romans, chapter 13. We have seen in chapter 12 the Christian's responsibility uh, to himself uh, as far as we need to have our minds renewed that we might do the will of God, but also our responsibilities to others uh, within the Christian family. And then our responsibility uh, in verses 17 through 21, we talked about the responsibility of Christians to non-Christians, to the, those that are unsaved. Well, now we're going to look at uh, the Christian's responsibility to the government that he lives under. Now, uh, there has always been problems with uh, uh, dealing with the government. I know that. Uh, no government on earth is perfect, but we have to realize that God instituted uh, uh, three things. He instituted the home, uh, he instituted the government, human government, and the church. And uh, so those three things ought to uh, be, um, we ought to be aware of them in our our Christian lives. Now, uh, in each one of those, the home, there's got to be authority. In government, there has to be authority. And in the church, there has to be authority. Uh, of course, it all ought to be done in love. But when you're dealing with government, uh, human government, you're certainly not going to uh, have things done uh, according to the Bible. But we are, we are responsible to the government that the Lord has put us under. Remember this, God could have had you born uh, somewhere in uh, the Middle East where there's all kinds of problems and uh, rioting going on. Um, we ought to be thankful that we are born in America with all of the problems uh, that American government has. It's still the best government on the face of the earth. And I think that's because it was instituted uh, at, the, at the very founding of America uh, with biblical principles. And because of that, uh, I think God has blessed us, and that's why we have such a, a great nation today. Now, uh, let's get into the teaching, chapter 13 of the book of Romans. Paul is writing to the church that is in Rome. And, of course, at this time, Nero was a wicked emperor. And he was, you know, they were uh, the church, people in the church at Rome, which were made up of Jews and Gentiles. They were under the authority of, of Nero, of Roman government. Now, how were they to react to that? Well, here's what Paul says. And this is not just Paul's thinking, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul. He says, let every soul be subject unto higher powers. In other words, to higher authority, every soul, every person. For there is no power but of God, the powers that be ordained of God. So God is all-powerful. He's over all. He's over the home. He's over the government and uh, over the church. And we need to realize that, that we are essentially under his authority. Uh, he allows governments, both good and evil governments, to exist. 
um, and the same thing with you know with with uh, the home. There's homes that are not too good and homes that are good, and and same thing in the churches. There are churches that are good and churches that are not too good. But overall, God is still in charge. He's the creator and also the uh, sustainer uh, of all things. Now. Paul says, let every soul, that means you have the responsibility, you can uh, either, uh, you can either uh, submit to authority or you can rebel against authority. That's what he's saying. The powers that be ordained of God, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, the power that, here he's speaking specifically about the government that you're under, if you resist that and you rebel against the government, uh, you resist the ordinance of God. Why? Because God has allowed that government, even though it may be evil, and even though, like it was in, in the days of Paul, the Roman government was evil. Uh, Nero was evil. But they were under that government, and they could either rebel against it, uh, or they could go along with it uh, in order to... Um, to carry out uh, God's will for their lives. Now, if the human government conflicts with God's government, then you've got a problem. As Peter said uh, uh, in the book of Acts, we ought to obey God rather than men. If the government says you cannot pray to God, you've, you've got to uh, pray to the emperor or, or whatever, then you, know, then you say, that, you, that's, the, that's the line I've drawn. We ought to obey God rather than men. But he says, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, the authority resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. It doesn't mean they that resist the government will go to hell. It means they that resist the government will pay the consequences. Don't pay your taxes, you'll probably go to jail. Uh, break the law, you'll probably go to jail. Humans need law. Humanity needs government. God ordained it. God ordained human government because we're all sinners and unless we have some form of uh, uh, authority and uh, unless we have uh, police and, and so on and so forth, uh, you would have chaos. Uh, you know, when everybody does what they think is right in their own eyes, then you have a, a chaotic situation. Now, the Bible says, for rulers are not a tear to good works. In other words, uh, those in governmental authority, whether they be police or, or uh, you know, the law, whatever it may be, political, they're not there to, to hurt you. Uh, they are there, the Bible says here, they're not a tear to good works. They're not trying to keep you from doing right. They're trying to keep you from doing wrong, all right? But to evil. Well, that's what it means. Wilt thou then, and remember now he's speaking to the believers here in Rome. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. In other words, if you obey the government, unless it's, you know, unless it's uh, diametrically opposed to what God says, but if you obey the government, uh, if you submit to the police, if you live uh, according to the law, uh, you'll, you will, uh, you'll have praise of the same. In other words, you'll be commended for being a good law-abiding citizen. As a matter of fact, Christians are citizens not only of heaven, but we're citizens here of the earth, and uh, we ought to be the best citizens uh, wherever God has put us. Excuse me.
And so Paul is simply saying here, uh, God has ordained human government not to hurt us, but to help us, and uh, and we should submit to it. Now, again, speaking of uh, law enforcement, uh, I think in particular, he's saying, for he, the government, uh, or the law enforcement officer, if you want to put it that way, is a minister of God to thee for good. Uh, he tries to keep you from doing bad. God has put him there. He's a minister, not in the sense of, of uh, preaching the gospel or whatever, but in a sense of human government and authority over you to keep you uh, obeying the law. Uh, therefore, we should respect the law. We should respect our government. We don't have to agree with everything they do, but if we rebel against everything, you know, we're going to wind up in jail. And so we can't do God much good there. Uh, we can do some witnessing there, I know. But, uh, you know, if we don't do right, uh, we'll pay the consequences, as I've said. For he, the government, the authority, is to uh, is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, if you break the law, be afraid. Well, of course you should be afraid. We should be afraid of the law. Absolutely. We ought to teach our children to be to respect and be afraid of the law. If we break the law, then we uh, pay the consequences. So we should have a holy, uh, holy respect, not only for God, because God put the law there, and or has allowed the law to be, and therefore we ought to be subject to it. But if I do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. Uh, the sword speaking of the authority, whether it be whether he carries a billy club or whether he carries a gun, he's, he's doing that in order to keep uh, a civil society. Uh, you would, again, have an uncivil society if you, everybody just did whatever they wanted to do. No, God has uh, ordained uh, civil law in order to keep a civil society. Then he says, for he is the minister of God. He says that again, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. In other words, God has put the, the policeman there or the government there in authority so that, uh, uh, so that he can ex execute wrath or he can arrest, put him in jail, put him in prison, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, so that you have a civil society. And Christians ought to be the model citizens uh, of where they live. Verse 5, Wherefore you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Simply means this. You ought not to do it because you're afraid uh, that you'll uh, break the law and pay the consequences. You ought to obey and, and submit to the law because uh, it's the right thing to do for conscience sake. Your conscience ought to bother you if you don't pay your share of the taxes. Your conscience ought to bother you if you are doing something that's illegal. Sure, he's talking to Christians here. All right, and uh, then he says, for, for, for this cause pay you tribute, tribute means taxes, for they are God's ministers, which is talking about, you know, uh, uh, the government, attending continually upon this very thing. 
Now, they had taxes in those days, different kinds of taxes that you paid to Rome. And remember that uh, Jesus uh, said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God. Jesus was saying, pay your, your, your uh, debt to um, civil society. Uh, if the law is you pay taxes, then you pay taxes. You obey the law, just like you obey God. Then he says, render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, uh, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. In other words, obey the law. Honor, honor the authority that God has put you under. Then uh, he goes into uh, the responsibility that the believer has uh, in regards to all people, their neighbor, you know, Jesus said that the Ten Commandments uh, could be summed up in love the Lord thy God and love your neighbor as yourself. The law of love is what we should practice. If we love God like we ought to, we'll love our neighbor like we ought to. Uh, and it's just that simple. Uh, but of course, this is agape love, which is a, a godly love like God loves. Now he says, owe no man anything but to love one another. Now, when it says, owe no man anything, it doesn't mean that you ought not to have any debts. It means to pay the debts that you owe. Pay them. Uh, you know, be a good, be a good uh, uh, testimony. Uh, sorry to say, a lot of Christians that attend church regularly will not pay their debts. Well, that's a bad testimony for God and for their church, uh, and for them especially. Uh, so it's not talking about you, you shouldn't have any debts. You can't live today without, uh, you know, uh, having debts. But pay your bills. That's what it's saying. Uh, but owe no man anything but to love one another. Again, the law of love. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Again, love is, the law is all summed up. Uh, it's talking about the moral law here. The Ten Commandments all, is all summed up in love. Godly love. Uh, verse 9. Now he's going to give five different uh, parts of the Ten Commandments that have to do with your, your, uh, with your fellow man. Uh, for this, verse 9, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. Well, these all have to do with your neighbor, with other people. Uh, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other. Let me start again in verse 9. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not... Let me start again. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is uh, briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Then he goes on to talk about love. He says, love, agape, godly love, worketh no ill to his neighbor. If you really love your neighbor, you're not going to want to steal from him. You're not going to want to commit adultery or, or killing. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, you ought to underline that in your Bible. Love is the fulfilling of the law. Not romantic love, uh, not uh, brotherly love, but godly love, which is unconditional love. It's a higher love than all other loves. And the Bible says love is the fulfilling of the law. You won't have to worry about breaking the law if you love like you ought to love. That's, that's the bottom line. 
And then he goes on to say, and knowing, <clears throat> and now that he's going to, uh, he's going to deal, Paul is, with, uh, uh, with the Christian's responsibility to be ready for the coming of Christ. He says, and that knowing the time that it is, it is high time to awake out of sleep. He's not talking about, you know, going to bed and going to sleep. He's talking about spiritual slumber. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. Well, that was 2,000 years ago. It's really near, uh, near now. Salvation means not only salvation of the soul and spirit, but salvation of the body, which is speaking of the, the resurrected body. It's, 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 it's closer to the coming of Christ and the resurrection uh, of all believers than it was yesterday or 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote this. He says, uh, in other words, he's saying, wake up, wake up, wake up. The night is forespent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Don't be doing evil things. Cast them off. Get rid of them. Let us put on the armor of light. The Bible says we're the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. We're to reflect his light to all the world. And we need to be on our toes. We need to be awake. Uh, we ought not to be slumbering and sleeping. This is no time to sleep on God. Uh, that's what the Bible's saying here. Uh, then he says in the last two verses, let us walk honestly. Just be honest. Just be truthful. Let us walk or live honestly as in the day. Don't, don't, you know, most crimes are committed of a night when people cannot be seen and they slip around and commit laws and even adultery and things like that are committed usually in the night. Uh, but he says, let us walk honestly as in the day, in the daylight, not in rioting and drunkenness and in chambering uh, and wantonness, not in strife or envy. Now, the chambering and wantonness there has to do with sexual impurity. He's saying, let's don't be involved in a lot of sexual impurity because Christ is coming soon. Do you want to be uh, involved in sexual impurity and rioting and drunkenness and whatever uh, when Christ comes? I don't think so. I wouldn't want to be. So he's saying, be on alert. Be on alert. Listen, the coming of Christ is imminent. It could happen at any second. There are no signs for the rapture. It could happen any time. That's why Jesus said, be also ready for you know not the day or the hour that the Son of Man cometh. And so he says here, uh, 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 don't walk in darkness. Walk in light. Live in light. Verse 14, but Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean, put on the Lord Jesus Christ? What it means is be totally sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like you would uh, uh, take off a, an old dirty shirt and put on a clean shirt, that's what you ought to do. Uh, you ought to put off the dirty things of this life and the dirty things of evil and, and whatever and of sin and put on the clean uh, garment of Christ, the garment of righteousness, uh, which Christ is our righteousness, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. That means don't premeditate. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this evil or that evil tomorrow. I can't wait uh, to get drunk with everybody and, and to do all this. You know, No, no. No, a Christian ought not to think in those terms. We ought to make no provision. Don't premeditate evil. Make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. In other words, just, just be honest, live right. Don't be planning on something you're going to do that is wrong or evil. 
don't uh, uh, seek to satisfy the flesh, seek to satisfy the spirit. You see, the conflict is always between and a believer between the flesh and the spirit. So give more attention to the spirit and cast off the flesh. Don't make provisions for it. I think that's pretty well self-explanatory. Well, we're done with chapter 13, and um, now then uh, we're going to examine chapter 14 in our next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.